received his bachelor's degree from Florida State University, completed his DVM in 1994 and PhD in 1998, both at the University of Missouri. In 1999, he founded the um, Comparative Orthopedic Laboratory at the University of Missouri, a multidisciplinary team of physicians, veterinarians, engineers, and basic scientists dedicated to translational orthopedic research which has now been endowed and moved into its own 12,000 square feet facility as the Thomas Laboratory for Regenerative Orthopedics. He has over 250 peer review, my goodness, publications, over 23 million in research funding, receiving numerous awards, including America's Best Veterinarian, an inaugural University of Missouri Presidential Engagement Fellow. He holds 28, including the MOPS, SM Technology, and has seen four biomedical devices through FDA approval to human clinical trials. He is currently director of the Mitsu, is that how you pronounce that? Bi-joint um, center, director of the Thompson Laboratory of Regenerative um, Orthopedics and the William and Catherine Allen Distinguished Chair in Orthopedic Surgery. He serves as Chief of the Division of Research of the Department of Orthopedics at the University Hospital of Missouri Orthopedic Institution. He is also the co-founder of Be the Change Volunteers, um, building schools in remote villages whose teams have built 50 educational facilities in 17 countries, providing educational opportunities to more than 7,000 students. I don't know what else to say, but welcome our guest, Trilogy Christian Publishing author, Dr. James Jimmy Cook. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, would you do us the honor of praying us in? Um, I believe in prayer, and I just want you to pray us in if that's okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, Father, thank you so much for this special time together. Um, just help us use it together um, to make awareness for kingdom work uh, in this world and about the people that we can influence and can influence us. And just give us a heart for your ways and your heart and uh, bless this time we have together. In your name, amen. All right. Well, we're going to go right into the questions. All right. So here are the questions our readers want to ask or want to know. The name of your book is called Hand Delivered Hope. Tell us why you named the book Hand Delivered Hope. Well, I think that really captures the truth that connects all the different stories that we were able to share in the book. And uh, it really became the mantra and the mission for our education-focused development aid organization, Be the Change Volunteers, that you mentioned. And, and that's what took us. Be the Change took us to all these remote villages in the developing world where we heard these amazing stories from incredible world changers. I mean, I think that's one big point. These are not my stories. These are the stories I'm privileged to tell. 
about yes. amazing people around the world. And, um, and that's it, right? Hope is such a powerful thing. And for us, it'd be the change that has to be hand delivered. We say you can't just send the money. Um, <laughs> you, have to go, you have to empathize. You have to build relationships. You have to work hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with other humans yes. um, to affect real change. And mm. uh, for that change to have impact, uh, it has to be hand delivered. And that's what makes it sustainable then as well, too. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, what attracted you to this um, story? Why this story and why now? <laughs> yeah. Well, what initially attracted me was a bunch of desperately poor orphans in Zambia. Um, okay. we found them in chapter one. Um, and these are kids in the developing world who, by our standards, have nothing. Um, mm. But they knew better than I did that the best mm. thing I could ever do, we could ever do for them was to um, give them the opportunity for a quality education. Okay. So their, their passion just lit a spark in me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that spark was God telling me that I had to spend the rest of my life trying to do that for the millions of kids like them to the best of my ability to, to help with the opportunity for education. Um, and then I was like, what kept me attracted is it works. Um, mm -hmm. you no. Know, and you hand deliver hope through the power of education. You can change a community one student at a time. Um, that moves the poverty needle. In fact, it's the only thing that moves the poverty needle. And just one can start an amazing ripple effect um, that can truly change the world. So I would say, isn't everyone attracted to that kind of story? I believe so, sir. <laughs> I truly believe so. All right, let's move right along. How long did it take you to manifest the idea of writing this book into it actually becoming a book? So I guess technically it would have started with a journal I kept on a Habitat for Humanity trip in uh, 2006. Again, chapter one, where you meet those uh, orphans that said to me, books, tuition, that's what we need. Uh, so I guess in some ways about 14 years, but, but honestly, I never really thought about turning it into a book. Um, maybe you had the same experience until, you know, I was talking about it, telling friends and family, uh, church groups that I was talking to, schools, other people that I would give talks to about Be The Change. And they said, you, you have to share these stories. You have to get this out to the world to, to tell the stories of Be The Change in a book. Um, and then we celebrated our BTCB, our, our organization celebrated our 10th anniversary. And I thought at that time, it was probably time to listen to all those people. Um, and so with the help of my co-authors, Grant and Christy, and then I got a lot of great writing coaching from a best-selling author named uh, Rita Zoe Chen, um, we were able to turn it into the book. And so really from when we said, let's make a book to publish by Trilogy was about two years. Awesome. 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 All right. So if you had to choose one chapter, what is your favorite chapter within the book and why? And come on, that's like choosing your favorite child, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But people, I would really love to know that. Okay. I can't pick one, but I'll tell you this. The, there are two of them that always uh, move me to tears and inspire mm -hmm. me every time. I, I reread them, to be honest with you. Um, so the South Africa chapter, and I would say that because we experienced, so please, if you only read one chapter, read that one, because we experienced some real life miracles in our world day and time. I mean, no one can argue that they were real life miracles. Mm -hmm. And we also met uh, the young man who uh, promotes uh, who will become part of our family. And he changed our lives forever. We, we lost him. He's in heaven now, but he changed our lives and he changed this world forever. 
Um, and he's just a great example of what the power of education can do. And then the final chapter, the Rwanda chapter, it's called Full Circle. Um, and I think that is because it shows the power of hand-delivered hope, the power of education, and it validates the calling God put on our hearts, um, truly. And so that experience is really critical to the organization to be the change. It really has verified our mission and our mechanisms. And it shows that we say you just flip one switch for a community, um, a community that is committed to their future, that's passionate about education, that they're willing to do the hard work to move the poverty needle. Um, and then that does work. So it shows we did not give them a school. We did not build an American school with American curriculum. We did not pay their teachers. We did not take their exams for them. We did not get them into universities. We simply helped address one or two hurdles that they identified as critical mm. needs so that they could do all those things that has taken their school from a genocide torn rubble to a safe, beautiful and inspiring place of learning that is building their futures. And so, yeah, those two, I can only narrow it down to two. Sorry. That's all right. That <laughs> is great. All right. So we're going to get a little bit deeper. Can you unfold those nuggets, those principles that govern your book for mm. people to become the change they wish to see in the world? Yeah. You know, I, I probably could talk way too long um, on this one because we learned so much. I mean, it, it really has been a, a life-changing adventure um, for sure. But uh, a couple kind of concise ones I would try to make concise. Uh, I'd say the first one is, first and foremost, we all have to look outside of ourselves mm -hmm. to really see the world and if we want to truly be the change that we want to see in the world. I think you know, honestly, especially with the pandemic and pretty tumultuous political and social climates, um, it's pretty easy to just kind of hunker down. Yeah. Um, but I think if we do that, we're going to miss out on so much that God has in store for us. Um, another one is that I mentioned already, but I truly believe that miracles still happen in the world today. Um, and I believe if you pursue God's calling for your life, that you'll experience um, some of those miracles. I know we did. We share some of them in the book. So, you know, check those out for sure. Um, another one I want people to understand is that uh, you cannot give people out of poverty. Uh. The only way to move the poverty needle is through jobs. And the only way to get a job and then get a better job is through education. Yes. So education has a power to address all the major problems that people in the developing world, quite frankly, that we face um, in the world today. And so I think, it, you know, as we share in the book, education reduces infant mortality. It reduces mm. maternal death rates. It reduces teen pregnancy. It reduces malaria. It reduces HIV. Um, education wow. deters terrorism and war. Education mm. provides hope, and hope is what changes the world. Um, another one I'd, I'd say a principle that we have is that by investing your, we say the three T's, so by investing your time, treasure, and talents, mm. you receive more than you could ever imagine. Serving others is the best investment that you can ever make, and it gives you the best return on investment possible. My goodness. And then the last one I'll share is that it's a really big one, but uh, we say it only takes one. So it only takes one person with a giver's heart and a loving soul to make a difference. It only takes one student to pursue and realize their dreams to change the trajectory of an entire community. It only takes one teacher to inspire a whole generation of students. I think we all know those teachers. And, and it really, truly only takes one leap of faith to start a ripple effect that can change the world. Wow, wow, wow. You done said a mouthful, Dr. Cook. <laughs> um, one thing that when you said service, I, I didn't coin this, but I heard a minister say, 
if you want to be great, you don't have to do so many things. All you have to do is serve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You only have to serve. Right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's move right along. Okay. So according to your book, you experiencing the face of poverty in no name villages in Africa. Mm -hmm. It appears that your worldview was different prior to you going to those no name villages mm -hmm. than the worldview you have now. Okay. Can you explain to us the difference between the worldview you had prior to you meeting those poor orphans stating books, tuition? Yeah. Than what you have now. That's so true. I mean, it, it is a perspective shifter. And I'll tell one brief story before I answer that is that we um, take a group of high school students from here in Columbia, Missouri every year. And it's invariable. We, we, we take them on this, uh, one of the builds with us. And two to three weeks after they come back, I invariably get an email or a letter from each one of their parents that says, I don't know what you did to my kid, but thank you. And wow. I said, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I said, it's an experience. It's a perspective shifter. It's a worldview shifter, as you just said, that made the difference. And it's amazing what that can do. So for me, I would say the first one is just as I realized that the faces of poverty are not sad. They're not depressed. They're not scared. They're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the kids, parents, grandparents, teachers, and community members in the developing world that we've been privileged to spend time with are full of joy. And I would say true joy. That's where I learned true joy, to be honest with you. Um, and I think I just quickly read a, an excerpt from the book because I think it highlights this. So it, it reads, um, uh, they appreciate water, singing, holding a baby, tradition, culture, sunrises, sunsets, a fire, the moon and stars, a cup of tea, rain, lightning, and thunder the written word, bicycles, and family. They look you in the eye when they talk to you and they listen, really listen to other people. They don't start every sentence with I or end it with me. They love to learn, experience, and take in new things, thoughts, and ideas. They care about others. They care about you. And if that was not enough to inspire you and bring you to tears, the poorest of the poor, those with nothing, are always the first to offer you food if you look hungry, water if you look thirsty, a hug if you look sad, a hand if you need help, and a big, beautiful, straight-from-the-soul smile that springs from real and being alive and a deep faith in a higher purpose, in community, in each other. My um, that, that's a perspective shifter. The other massive shift for me was going from the feeling that um, – I was the most educated and had the most to give, show, and teach to these communities to understand that they knew better than I did um, and knew better than anyone what their schools and community needs. So they know how best to solve the problems that were limiting their progress and how best to educate their own children. Um, so I went from a worldview of the big altruistic American who had all the answers for everything and could solve all their problems for them to understand that I needed to learn from wow. them and find ways and people to support their ideas and initiatives to transform their schools, communities, and their futures. And um, those two perspective worldview shifts are some of the best things that's ever happened to me. Wow. I know that was a humbling experience. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and a good one. A good one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That will take every time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Every person watching and listening, including myself, have been challenged in our faith. Mm -hmm. 
Help us to understand how you transform from a person of having a world-class education to a person who now uses his education on behalf of the least of these. And also how you have overcome those challenges that tried to hinder you when you were going through the process. Yeah. So for me, I would say the biggest challenges to my faith um, actually came before starting Be The Change um, and going on this school building adventure. So for me, I definitely struggled in my faith during college and veterinary school and graduate school and my early career years. I think, you know, the stresses that you experience, especially during that time, the struggles, the failures some family crises. Um, and some losses, um, you know, definitely made me question my faith many times. Um, and actually, I would say that be the change. And I think you, you see that in the story. I hope you see that in the story because it's one of the biggest things that come through the story. I hope is that be the change, actually. And especially the people that we met, you know, seeing these people and seeing them have true joy, seeing them truly worship, truly help others, truly put community first, truly show love. Um you know, that played a huge role in, in uh, bringing me back to a truly growing relationship with God. Um, so don't get me wrong. We've had a lot of unbelievable challenges in our school building. work. Uh, you read a lot about those and they're scary, funny, uh, worrisome to read about. My mama, after she read the book, said, I'm glad you didn't tell me that at the time. Um, you know, but uh, so so don't get me wrong. Those happened, but those haven't challenged our faith. And in fact, they, they made our faith grow stronger because we saw those miracles I talked about. We saw people pull together, you know, to get through crazy situations. But, you know, kind of always keeping the mission first and keeping God first and God in his place has, has helped us through that. My goodness. My goodness. All right. What can every person watching and listening to this interview expect to receive from your book? Uh, you oh. have said it. I, it's, it sounds redundant, but I, I just want you to tell me because it is a question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hope and inspiration and perspective awesome. like we've talked about and true joy. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, I'll be transparent. Um, they should feel uncomfortable and challenged. Um, they should feel deep empathy. Um, they'll be educated intellectually and emotionally. And I think they should close the back cover, um, hoping they read the whole thing, close the back cover, knowing that everyone can make a difference in the world. Um, so just building into a, the life of one person that can be locally or, you know, in Papua New Guinea. Um, but that can change the world. The ripple effect works and is a powerful force for good in our world. My goodness, my goodness. All right. So why is it important for Christians to be educated? Hmm. Let me let me go a little deeper than that, because yeah. when Christians are educated, I believe they can help the least of these. I think they can put that input, that education um, that they have received and give it to the world in such a way that it can make a difference. Yeah. But let me ask you, why is it important for Christians to be educated? Well, that's a good word. And I'll just, you know, uh, springboard off of that, what you said. So um, so I think traditional education is critically important. Um, you know, that, that's been a big part of my life and I would never be here talking to you without it. Um, I think the education we get, though, in the developing world from the people, you know, scattered through these forgotten villages and very remote areas is as or more important, especially for Christians, um, because learning about true joy you know, focusing on what I say, focusing on wisdom instead of knowledge, mm. focusing on wisdom instead of facts, 
Mm. Um, changing sympathy and empathy. That's a huge one. I wish to, I hope everybody will come away with from this and the world. I think if we could change sympathy to empathy, we would change so much. Um, it's, mm. they're so different. Um, and I just want people to understand how different they are. And then, you know, finding out what most important and enduring and meaningful in life, it will, it will awaken you, inspire you, change your life forever. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Cook. Well, there you have it. Trilogy Christian publishing author, Dr. Jimmy Cook. His book is called Hand Delivered Hope, and you can purchase it on Amazon. Dr. Cook, can you please pray for those who are watching and listening to this interview who are in need of being educated in order to help the least of these? Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Yes, sir. Be my privilege. So, um, Father, uh, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Um, give us all eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts of empathy to look outside of our own worlds and see the needs of our brothers and sisters all around the world, whether it be across the street, across the city, or in the remotest parts of the world. Give us opportunities to do things for you as we serve the least of these here on earth. Help us to do kingdom work. Give us courage and strength and passion to be the change that we want to see in the world, to start a ripple effect and to be part of a love supreme. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that you give us through your grace and the power of salvation. Help us to pass that hope on, hand-delivered in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, Dr. Thank you for being a part of the TCPAG video podcast, for we write by faith, not by sight. You take care, okay? Thank you so much. No problem. Jesus